Welcome to the Career by Design podcast. I'm your host, Prayer. On this podcast, I'll teach you how to design the career of your dreams while feeling empowered. I'll be sharing inspirations and strategies that will help you get results. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Career by Design podcast. I am truly excited to have one of my friends, Rena Watts, on the podcast. I don't even know how to introduce her because she is so fantastic and she wears so many different hats. But first and foremost, Rena is a very successful entrepreneur. I met her in the podcast space because we are part of some communities, podcasting communities, and she reached out to me. She has a very successful podcast show that she is going to talk a little bit about, and she's had a really successful career in media. So this is a really great chance, I think, for all of the listeners to have somebody with a little bit of a different background than we've had so far and really learn about entrepreneurship, really learn about taking a chance on yourself, others taking a chance on you and how you can give chances to others and how that all fits into your personal brand. So with that, Rena, welcome to the show. I'd love for you to take maybe a minute or two, introduce yourself a little bit and tell us, you know, what the big message is going to be for today's show. Thank you so much for having me. That was an amazing intro. So yeah, I would love to talk about taking chances. I believe that it's really been pivotal in my career and in my journey. Um, It started from a young age. It brought me back to high school where I wanted to go to a youth performing arts school. I didn't really read all of the fine print of how you had to get in there. I just kind of loved to sing songs off the radio and perform for my family and for my siblings. And I auditioned. I went in there. I sang something off the radio. I didn't get in. I was devastated. I was like, oh no, this is like what I wanted to do for the next four years. And my dad went to the head of the music department and talked him into letting me take voice lessons, learn how to read music, learn how to sing in a foreign language and re-audition at the end of the summer. And so I did all of that. I found a music teacher that was recommended by the school and learned how to sing on note names and learned how to sight read music and went in there and I sang an, an Italian aria And I sang an art song and I ended up getting in. That was really the first time where I was like, okay, you can turn a no into a yes. Like rules aren't always set in stone. That school really changed everything for me because at the end of four years, one, I got to sing at Carnegie Hall. I got to be surrounded by people who were much more talented than me. I was with a teacher for four years who took a chance on me who I didn't necessarily feel like I was his first choice and I had to prove myself and work really hard to feel like I fit into the program. And then at the end of that experience, I got the opportunity to audition for colleges and I got a full ride to my first college. I didn't end up staying in music. I ended up switching to Purdue and pursuing really another direction, but I did end up getting a job at a radio station at Purdue. And, and I read the news and weather for an NPR station for two years. And again, this was another situation where I walked in, I wanted to work in radio. Someone was leaving their job the same week that I walked in and they were like, Hey, would you be interested in starting like at the 5am shift and loading the features and running the station on weekends? I was like, whatever I have to do to prove myself. So 
had no radio experience, walked in there. Again, somebody took a chance on me. I worked there for two years. It, it just all built on itself from the NPR station. I drove up to Chicago and interviewed at a job at WGN. I thought I wanted to work in radio. I didn't get that job. And I saw that Jerry Springer was looking for interns in the same courtyard. There was a flyer posted and Jerry Springer was just walking distance from that station. And so I walked over, got an internship at the Jerry Springer show, and then that's where my television career began. And so I'm going to pause you right there because this is so interesting. And I think that this is a journey that so many of the listeners are on, Rena, is you started in music. And then you took a turn and went into media and they're related, but it's definitely not the same industry or field. And so my question is, did you feel called to do media and to be on the radio? Or how did that sort of switch happen for you where you thought, hey, I'm really good at music. Someone's taken a chance on me. I've joined this amazing music school, but now I'm thinking about radio and TV. So can you talk a little bit about how that shift happened? Yeah, that's a great question. I always wanted to work in Hollywood from the time I was a little kid, actually. My grandfather ran lights on Broadway and yeah, my family just really sensationalized the entertainment industry. And so from, I think even in kindergarten, I wrote a story about how when I'm, when I'm grown up, I want to live in Hollywood and live in a mansion. And it's so funny to look back at that now. I didn't get the mansion, I, you know, but I did end up making it to Hollywood and working in Hollywood, which is pretty amazing. And I wanted that from the time that I was a little girl. What's interesting is that when I was in that music school and I was surrounded by all of these unbelievably talented people, I didn't love the stage. I really preferred behind the scenes. And so I felt like radio gave me the opportunity to work in media and not see the huge audience. <laughs> That's so wonderful because it sounds like you took cues and I think this is really, really, you know, important for our listeners is as you're doing things, as you're trying things in a career, in a new industry, you have to take the cues that you get, right? You have to figure out what feels good, what makes sense. And oh, yeah. like you figured out, Rena, really quickly is that that behind the scenes was for you, maybe around speaking and production and owning that. And I think maybe that's why you were so successful or part of the reason why you were so successful is that I heard you wrote down your dream. You were clear about that. And then you were trying things and not being afraid. And then you also took these cues. Now, I think the other thing that I'm curious about is, you know, when you were in college and you saw this opportunity to be on the radio show, how did you get the confidence to do that? Where did that kind of like motivation come from? And was it the person taking a chance on you? Was there some other factor that made you feel motivated? To be honest, I've always kind of been bold. <laughs> um, I was that girl in college that like, if you wanted to get into the bar, I would go first, even if I was underage. I just decided that I wanted to do that. And I was like, let me figure out how. So whether that was calling them, walking in, sending my resume, all of those things. And the same thing happened at Springer. Like I saw the flyer, I walked over to the courtyard. I convinced the security guard that I needed to speak with the intern coordinator in the same trip. And then I ended up starting two weeks later and I went from intern to producer in one season. When I started as an intern, 
it was my job to take the Jerry Springer guests around town, entertain them, listen to their stories, keep them happy, and essentially deliver them to the producer on show day. So I would go over to the hotel the morning of the show and make sure they had had breakfast and make sure they were still in their hotel rooms and then walk them over to the studio. I became their best friend. And in doing that, I learned what made a good guest. I learned how to befriend the guest. And then I learned how to book the guest. So I went from learning my way around Chicago alongside these guests to figuring out how to find the best stories, get them to love you, get them to come to Chicago, and then doing all of the things that the producer did. I love that. And what I'm hearing from you, Rena, is you didn't wait to be confident. You actually just took action. And that's something that I like to call inspired action. You know, with my clients is sometimes we're always waiting for that right moment or waiting to be confident, waiting to be bold. But you knew that you had a goal. You knew that you wanted to be in this and you were willing to do what it takes. And you decided to go ahead and take that bold action. And I think that that is what makes you confident, right? Is when you oh, take yeah. that action and it worked out in your case, right? And sometimes it may not work out, but I think that follow through of not waiting and trying something is also what helps you move forward in your career. So then you did that, the Jerry Springer show happened and then tell us kind of how things unfolded after that. So you were given these opportunities People took chances on you. And then what happened? Oh my gosh. So after Springer, like I thought it was just going to be super easy to land another gig like that. So after producing an entire season, first of all, I was an associate producer for a season. Then I was a producer for a season. And then I produced a season opener for another season. It was starting to completely take over my life. Like I was living and breathing that show. Like I did not think that anyone had normal relationships anymore. Sometimes I was working 14 days straight. This was before there were like capped work hours where like you really could work 90 to hundred hours a week. And I got burnt out. I didn't realize it at the time, but I totally did. Yeah. So when I produced that season opener after that show, the execs were happy with me and I felt like it was like a high. I came back from, you know, taking a hiatus and then I produced this awesome show. And then one of the guests came up to me afterwards and he was like, how can you live with yourself? And that moment, it really honestly like hit me. I was like, God, I I didn't even think about the fact that I could be like destroying people's lives. I felt like they knew what they were getting into and they're the one that called the show. And yeah, I just, I took a moment there and was like, I think I've had enough. (laughs) And so I literally walked into my boss's office and asked for the white box. I packed up my stuff and left with zero plan. It took me weeks kind of to process that. You know, I just thought that I had some money in the bank and I could just get another sales job and I'm living in Chicago and I'm single and I just made all this money, right? I spent a month going to Italy over the summer, treating myself and traveling and getting paid to do that. And so that no longer felt aligned, Rena, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It no longer felt aligned. And then I ended up taking a sales job in the same building. It was literally two floors up from where where I was working in NBC Tower, just somebody I had schmoozed with like at a restaurant or some place in the building that I knew. And he was like, hey, you know, maybe you could sell sporting event packages. And it was just, I was like, well, if I could talk people into doing things on national television that are crazy, how come I can't talk people into buying like these sporting event packages? But it totally wasn't me. I tried it for a couple months. It was horrible. And then I decided to move to LA. And I moved to LA and luckily the Jerry Springer show got me into the Producers Guild of America because I had produced enough episodes to qualify. 
And I had a friend that moved out there with me. So I took like a production coordinator position on this pilot. It just opened my eyes to a whole new scene. One, I had never worked on a pilot of a new show and I didn't know all that went into that. There was so much that went into that. Oh, it was so exciting. It was a CNN pilot and it was puppetry and a huge budget and just all these new players. And I was in a new place and it was so exciting. And then after that, I got offered an executive assistant role to three seasoned producers. And I was like, let's do it. You know, some people wouldn't do that. Some people wouldn't go from being a producer to an executive assistant, but I was like, wow, you know, they're offering me a decent amount where I can pay my bills. And I'm going to work for three people that have been in the industry out here for 30 years. I'm, I'm bound to learn stuff, right. And make new connections. So I ended up doing that. And while I did that, because it was a low stress job, I got to be an executive assistant on Team America, which was a huge Hollywood production, a feature film. And I got to see what it was like to do payroll for 200 people, accounts payable and receivable, all of the players involved in that. I got to network with incredible people. And then after that, I went back on the road and took an associate producer interviewer role for a VH1 show. And what was so amazing about working for this family-run special effects animation company, who I'm still friends with today, is they let me do that. They rooted for me and they took me back when the show didn't get picked up. I ended up working for that company for a couple of years and taking these little projects in between. I did end up leaving ultimately to dive fully into being a freelancer, but it was a great start to moving to a new city and not knowing anyone starting again at the bottom. So a couple of questions for you there, because in a few instances, you've left jobs that didn't feel aligned, weren't right for you. How did you again have the confidence or the belief in yourself? Because it can be really scary, right? You have something that you're comfortable with, you know you're getting paid. So how did you have the courage really to step out of that? And and what advice do you give to listeners who maybe are in a career that they're not loving, in a job that they're not loving? How can they have the courage to get up and leave? Well, I've heard you talk about this before. You got to know your why, but it's more than that. It's, do you want more of your life? You know, that was it for me is that I knew I was capable of more and I wanted more. And so you have to ask yourself that, like, we're only here for such a short time. If it doesn't feel good and if it doesn't feel fulfilling, take steps to change that. I love that, right? You have to know yourself. And yes, you have to recognize that it's not, nothing is forever, even though sometimes when you're in, you know, a corporate job or a job where somebody else is paying you and you have those paychecks coming in, it can feel like, okay, it's very secure. You know, I have this going on, but you never know, right? You never know what's going to happen. You don't know if that company is going to change their organizational structure, downsize, something else happens in the economy and really nothing is promised. But what you can trust is that faith in yourself, which it sounds like is what has been guiding you all along through your journey. Oh, yes, I'm definitely guided by that. And I'm going to say something to you after seeing those 200 time cards and what others were making in comparison to me and how much of a pay cut I had taken at that time, I was like, why am I not being considered for some of these other positions? Sometimes you're only seen as the role that you're in. And so mm-hmm. sometimes you have to make a jump and take that leap of faith 
and get more skills, right? Like Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is sometimes we're just so complacent and we may even have, sometimes people don't have that information to know what others are making, but sometimes we have that evidence and there's still that voice, right? Because remember, our brain is always going to try to protect us and say, do the safe thing, do the thing that you know. And even though you might know that you're not being paid fairly or you need to make a change, it's like, ah, I don't want to do it or, you know, I don't want to take that step. But in your case, again, you were listening to those cues and moving yourself in the right direction. Even as an entrepreneur, I have faced some of that. So you know, I've had clients where I feel like I've helped them as much as I can. And even though they want to continue to work with me, it doesn't feel aligned anymore. I don't know if it's like, I don't want to do the work that they need help with, or, you know, I'm happy to recommend them to someone that I feel could help them more. I've gotten to the point, even in the clients that I work with, that I'm okay passing clients off. And that's so important, right? (laughs) Saying no, because otherwise that's, that's true. Sometimes people, even though you have an abundance of opportunities, for some reason, sometimes you're like, I just have to say yes to everything. And I always tell my clients as well, my coaches that, you know, don't say yes to every job interview. Don't apply to everything that looks similar. You have to learn to say no, because going back to the point that you made about burnout, one is that it's very overwhelming. Two is that if you take on work and clients and projects that are not aligned, it's going to stop you actually from moving forward, right? It's like this heavy anchor that's weighing you down and it's not letting you grow to your fullest potential because you're working with like your past, the past version of yourself, the past version of your skill set. And so I think that is such an important skill. And I love that you highlighted that, Rena, is whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're working for someone else, whatever it is, you have to learn to say no. So it's not just about saying yes to opportunities. At the same time, you have to say no to certain things as well. You know what else too? It's not even, it's like, how much is this going to take from me? Like, am I going to be able to deliver this quickly? Is this going to be fun? Is this something that I can learn something new from? All of that needs to be factored in as well. Or is this going to be a time suck? Is this something that I'm going to have to ask a zillion questions about? Does this fit into my strengths? And would you say all of that kind of fits in with having, like you said before, knowing yourself, and I like to call it a personal brand, right? Being clear in who you are and what you're trying to do. So what are your thoughts about that? Yeah. Because some of the work that I do lately is that, you know, I have a lot of relationships with people and, you know, there's a lot of people that want to get on podcasts and I'm connected with a ton of podcasters. So if they reach out to me and they say, Hey, I'd love to pay you to get me on 10 shows. One, I'm like, do you have a mic? Do you have a bio? Have you been on other shows? What does this person like to speak to? Are they going to need my training before they get on somebody's show? Right? So you have to think about, do you even want to put your name on that person? So that is part of your personal brand. If I am introducing you to people, then I'm saying, you know, this is a trusted person that I feel would be good for you. So you have to weigh that. Absolutely. And I know we were talking a little bit before the show, but you also mentioned one is being careful about who you take on, but then there are those people, Rena, that you've taken a chance on. So I want to kind of wrap up and finish with that is tell me a little bit about what is it that you look for in other people? that makes you want to take a chance on them. And just tell me what the experience is like for you. 
Okay. Yeah. That's a great question. Thank you for wrapping it up like that. Sometimes I get a little sidetracked. So there's like, when I take a chance on somebody on my podcast, like I've, I've even done it off of Twitter. You know, I, I saw somebody say like, I'd love to be on a podcast. I'd love to tell my story. I've never done it before. And so I'll look at their social media. I'll look at what their summary looks like. I'll look at what their headshot looks like. I'll do my research on that person to see if, you know, Hey, maybe they have something interesting to talk about. I'll tell them some of the subject matters in which my show covers and see if they have a story around that. I've done that on people uh, with people off of clubhouse as well. Like if they're a good speaker on clubhouse, if they're a community builder, if they have a podcast of their own, all of these things factor into, would that be a good fit for me? Now, as a client, it, it's, it's similar, right? Is this person professional? Do they have recommendations? Do they have a professional headshot? Are they able to tell a story on their, on their bio? But then you also have to speak with them as well. And you have to see like where they're struggling and does that fit into the work that you want to be doing? Like I had one client who, you know, he did a post on LinkedIn and got a half a million views on it. And he had a whole lot of responses and he just was too busy to respond to all of those people. And I was like, well, I love LinkedIn and I could respond to all of those people for you. And we came up with a price that felt good to both of us. And that's not something that I normally do for people, but it's something that utilized my strengths. And I liked him and it was in my wheelhouse. And I was like, why not? And then that led to me helping him with other things like booking him guests for his podcast and getting him on other podcasts. But so, so that was a bit of a chance, right? Like I didn't know how he conducted himself in business. I didn't know who necessarily I was. You just kind of have to, you have to work with them in different ways to, to find out if, if it's a short-term relationship, if it's a long-term relationship, whether they would be a good fit or not. Got it. So it sounds like when you think about taking a chance on someone or working with someone, it's a combination of maybe some due diligence and research on them, but then also going off of your intuition, right? And if maybe, can you deliver this work? Is there, you know, is this going to be beneficial for both parties? So that's what it sounds like. You know, what's the experience like for you when you've taken a chance on someone and it's gone well, how does that make you feel like when you've helped somebody and you you've been able to help them move their career forward on a chance? Okay. So I have a really good story about that. So I was working for a financial firm for a couple of years and I used to do like these lunch and learn experiences where I would help market them and I would get the people to come and they were between like 50 and 75 people. And this financial advisor came to one and he was really impressed by it. And then there was an event that he wanted to attend a couple of weeks after where it was tailored to financial advisors to help them tell their story. And it was put on by like a news anchor and another coach. And he was like, this seems right up your alley, but I don't want to go to it by myself. And I saw that you put on these events and that you have some media background. Will you come with me? And he paid like my $2,500 ticket. I was like, oh my God, I would love to come to something like this. I would love to do something like this. And so I went with him and I just, you know, shot some of what they said and I shot him, you know, doing a 30 second clip and like a behind the scenes and I put it together and I just shared it as a thank you on LinkedIn and it got thousands of views and we kept up that relationship. And then I was producing someone else's podcast here locally and he wanted to interview the guy that had taken me to this event. And I was like, oh, awesome. I know him. I'm comfortable with him. And what was great is he gets like really nervous when the lights camera action goes on. But since he knew me and since we had hung out at that event together, I was able to like turn off the lights, camera action, sit next to 
to him in the host chair, stop down for a minute and just be like, Hey, like, talk to me. Like, you're, you know, we we're at this event together. Like, I know these things about you. And I just brought up things about that. He's an EMT and that I know his family and, and things that made him comfortable. And then we were able to finish the interview. And then a year later, he's sponsoring this event in Chicago and he needs someone to put together a video for him that tells his personal story and his professional story in a minute and a half video. So he calls me, he's like, totally trust me to be the one to interview him. I hire a cameraman, I supervise the edit and I put together a video that I was so proud of. Like, I felt like it was the best video that I've ever seen him tell his story. And honestly, I feel like that came from the relationship that we cultivated and for me seeing him in an uncomfortable position of telling his story and it's just his story evolved and I got to witness that and capture it and there was no better feeling for me I just absolutely loved that that's amazing and it sounds like and if you you've echoed this I think throughout this podcast show but it sounds like when you're thinking about personal brand and taking a chance on yourself and others there's also this thread of building relationships, right? And collaborating and really working with other people because, you know, you might help them and take a chance on them. And then later on, that might translate into some other opportunity for you or vice versa. And I think that is such an overlooked theme. Sometimes I would say, especially as women, because I know a lot of the listeners of this podcast are women, we feel like we have to do it ourselves, right? If we want career growth, if we want to start a business, it has to be 100% me. And we don't think about that relationship building. And you mentioned short and long term. So sometimes you're not going to see, you know, those fruits immediately, because it takes time. And sometimes, frankly, you may never see them at all. But you keep building the relationships because you need other people in your network that are going to be part of your success. And so I think that's such a such an inspiring story and it's such an interesting career journey that you've had, Rena. So I really appreciate you coming on the show. I'm so excited to connect with you and keep working together. And thank you listeners. Thank you so much for having me. This is amazing. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Career by Design podcast. I hope that the strategies I shared today will help you on your journey to an amazing career. Be sure to check in next week for another episode. And for more tips, follow me on Instagram under inspiration underscore 